you do it publicly. But if they do it privately, you go to them about it. If God has called you to go, biblically, why we take these stands, why we do these things, and if it appeals to you, then that's something that you ought to know. Everybody's Jay Bryan of EX Ministries. Um, thank you guys for tuning in. Listen, uh, this is like a special edition of EX Cash slash EX Vlog. Um, got some things that we want to discuss, some things we want to go over concerning um, things definitely dealing with hip hop, Christian rap. Um, we'll give you a little context to what's going on. Uh, first of all, I want to invite you all to visit exministries.com um, where you can get all information, all products of EX Ministries, um, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. So let's get right into it. Um, of course, you all can see I have here um, Pastor G. Craig Lewis, um, founder, leader of EX Ministries, also pastor of Adam and Believers Council in Grand Prairie, Texas. Um, I called you. Uh, well, between phone calls and text messages, I said, you know, I, I think it's time to have another conversation about Christian rap, hip hop, culture. And the, I, the way I titled it was God, music and culture. And I didn't necessarily want to title it as that. We can. I guess it really doesn't matter. But I wanted to get the opportunity to sit down with you. So I appreciate you for granting me this time uh, to kind of pick your brain and be an, a, a bit of an antagonist from the Christian rap or rapper standpoint or point of view. Um, for the last, I wanna say three to five years, some things have transpired within the industry, um, particularly with Christian hip hop or holy hip hop, what they call it. And a lot of questions, a lot of confusion, just a lot of running around in circles that I've personally seen in my opinion. And you know, who else do, I, in, in my mind, who else do we talk to, right? Other than EX Ministries, which uh, to this day, I believe are the forerunners when it comes to this particular category or topic within the church. And um, so I wanted to have the opportunity to interview you and just have some um, corresponding conversation with you mm -hmm. and see how we can help and uh, continue to add to this particular topic. Right. So I wanted to start off by saying um, what has taken place from what, what I've seen is um a while ago, there was a video produced um, entitled uh, Trojan Horse that EX Ministries produced and, and released. And just to get to the point, the concept was that um, the Trojan Horse was that of Christian hip hop or holy hip hop, right? Uh, it being used to ultimately usher in hip hop to infiltrate the church, right? God's house. And, you you know, you and Brother Teton went head on with in terms of information, in terms of uh, solid scripture, in terms of solid evidence. And a lot of people, even up to this day, have decided to to forego that information. And we're seeing a very strong um, effect on our youth currently today as it relates to that. Um, I wanted to pick your brain about that, kind of rehash it. Um, in terms of what the goal was with that DVD, I know Brother T. Tom primarily did it, but that wasn't um, sort of kind of an extension of the Truth Behind Hip Hop series. Um, and you were the first person to come out and say there is no such thing as holy hip hop. Um, that is indeed an oxymoron. Can you kind of elaborate on on that just a little bit? Yeah. Well, <laughs> um, <clears throat> the first thing I guess that we need to develop here is what it is that. Um, BX Ministries has 
tried to convey. Uh, you know, from the very beginning, if you look at the very first Truth Behind Hip Hop DVD uh, that we did back in 2002, which that message I was doing in 97, 98, we just recorded it for the first time in um, video recorded it for the first time in 2002. But um, in that particular video that we recorded, I made a statement uh, when I was talking about, you know, rappers and rap music. And I said in that video, I'm not talking about a style. Uh, and I tried to make it clear. I'm not talking about a style of music. I was talking about a subcultural belief system that is a religion. Part two came along and we further defined what, I, what it was I was trying to convey as God had shown me. But even if we go back before that, and I'm just trying to give some background information because yeah. this is, that's a loaded question. Yeah, it is. So, so even if we go back, um, I remember uh, being, you know, friends with Ambassador and the Truth um, them, um, you know, talking to them um, and uh, us, you know, sharing some of the same events back then. Uh, this is before uh, hip hop was even before cross movement ever even was talking about hip hop. They weren't talking about it. They were just rapping. They were rapping. They were uh, trying to convey the gospel. They had their own, you know, thing going. I loved what they was doing. Uh, they would. You know, uh, like I said, we would share some of the same events. Um, and uh, I remember being backstage even at the NIYC conference, I believe, in Maryland and uh, hanging out with them a little bit. Uh, dudes was just, I mean, they were good. Uh, Truth came, he and Ambassador. Ambassador came to my house, I mean. Uh, and, uh, you know, we just had talks. The, the, the dudes were, you know, just solid on... Uh, the gospel of Jesus Christ being pronounced uh, in in what they were doing. But then when the Holy Spirit arrested my uh, arrested me uh, one night, uh, the truth and ambassador were in town um, and uh, we went out, supported him. Man, the truth is <laughs> when I knew he was like just he was cold because he had the flu. He had like a hundred and four temperature. Dude was almost laying down rapping. Just almost had to lay the mic on the ground and just <laughs> slide under it. Right. But he was still just, he was still killing. Right. I mean, dude was just, uh, you know, he was just, man, one of a kind. And um, I remember being there that night and we took some of our youth, you know, to see him or whatever. And they were staying with uh, one of our, uh, one of my assistants when I was a youth minister. And so we were all just cool. But that next morning, um, I woke up early that morning because it was Sunday and I was getting ready for church. And uh, I was sitting in front, I was sitting in, in, in a room, uh, it was an entertainment center in front of me or whatever. And, you know, um, I'm sitting there praying, talking to the Lord, whatever. And all of a sudden, there's like this rumble in the house. And then there's this sonic boom happens, like as if a gas leak or just something. It was no fire, but it was just a pressure boom. And the house and the windows shook and rattled. And 
the uh, my class in the entertainment center just literally disintegrated, like not broke. You know, usually in a sonic boom or something like that, you would see glass break a certain way. Uh, it would just break. This glass shattered and disintegrated, and the entertainment center rocked as if something hit it. And uh, it just tripped me out. This is the night after that event. And so I was like, Lord, what was that? What in the world? My son came running in from the back. Daddy, did you feel that? Did you hear that explosion? What was that? It was just an explosion in the house. My mom, my, my, my wife was there, everything. And I didn't understand it, but I, I just felt that it was demonic. So I started praying about it. Lord, you got to tell me what this is. And I didn't know. And this is before I had started you know, doing um, the truth behind hip hop. I was just a youth minister. So I get to the church, and a friend of mine who is Demonology 101, this dude is just, the, I mean, he's the king of demons. I mean, he just know their names, where they come from, how you get them, how you get rid of them, I mean, what, what, what medicine to take, whatever. And so, <laughs> so hey, this is just his call, you know, so hey, dude. So I see him, and he's, I say, man, I need to tell you something. He said, no, I need to tell you something. And I said, what? He said, I was in prayer and the Lord told me this morning that Satan came to your house to kill you. Wow. I said, what? He said, Satan came to your house to kill you. He said, not a demon, not a devil's, whatever. He said, Satan himself. He can't be in but one place at one time. I said, why is he coming? What? Why are you at my house? You know, I'm just like, the, the, you mean the devil, Satan? He said, the devil came, he said, but an angel came and there was a fight between the two and the fight in that realm that manifested itself uh, in our realm and, and um, you know, caused damage to your house. And I, so I have put the glass in something to show him because I still have the glass of this day. The glass just looks, it just don't look like glass should break this way. All these little tiny pieces, it's just crazy, man. And so at that point, I began to see God, what was it? And God began to deal with me about the religion of hip hop that is destroying the children. He was going to use me to make the separation between the two. Um, so I get on the phone a couple of months later, well, a couple of weeks later with Ambassador and Truth. And I began to explain to them what God had told me, uh, what I felt God was getting ready to do. And I begin to tell them, look, man, you know, rapping is cool. Uh, rapping is just a form of conveying a message. I mean, like any other music, any other musician, I'm a musician. I make beats, all of that stuff. At the time, I was even t talking to Ambassador about maybe, you know, us working together on some stuff. So I, mean, I didn't have a problem with the rap. But I told him, I said, man, God has a problem with this subculture. Uh, because it's a religion, it's a belief system, and it replaces the father in the home. It gives a child identity. It this, this, this. And they were like, but dude, man, you know, you can't, I mean, you know, dude, I ought to be able to wear what I was, you know, sag my pants. And what he kept mentioning, fat laces and, you know, the cornrows. And I kept telling him, dude, these are things that you're, you're promoting that the subculture that uh, the subculture of the fatherless uh, are doing. They're doing it, you know out of deviant behavior. It's deviant. So you may be famous and, and cross-moving may sell a million records or whatever, but 
the kid that needs a job, he can't go to the job wearing cornrows. He can't go, you know, with the two earrings. He can't go sagging his pants. They're going to automatically stereotype him. I said, so you're doing damage to the future of the young people. And besides all of that, we can take all those trappings out and just say, why? What's the why? Why look like that? Why do you want to be influenced by prison? Why do you want to be influenced by the streets? Why do you want to represent the streets? And then, this is the bottom line, why do you want to represent the founders of hip-hop and they all worship a different God? And so if we worship in a different God, it's a religion. They've all stated that it's a belief system and a religion. Now, years later, they have a Bible, they have temples, they teach it. And some of these guys now, you know, and I want to fast forward to the now just to make this story short, even though it's been long. Now, we fast forward to now, these guys have grown up. Okay, they've grown up. Ambassador to, I don't know what they're up to now. I haven't talked to them, whatever, whatever, but I know some of them are pastoring, some of them are trying to, you know, this and that and this. Now, is out of control because what the parents do in moderation, the children are going to do in excess. So because you defended the fat laces and the sagging, Lecrae comes along and says, you know what? I'm going to raise you. I'm going to record with sinful, sexually explicit artists. You know, I'm going to tell all the kids to go get tattoos. You know, I'm going to wear a dress. We got a picture of them in a skirt. A kilt or whatever it is. So now Lecrae has just taken it. I mean, there's no difference in Lecrae's music than Future and Drake. It just sound the same. I can't tell the difference. And so they've they've taken what cross movement allowed and fought for, which was hip hop, because they fought man. After that, we were they fought me. I mean, they fought me, fought me, went in my past to find stuff, blast me, discredit me, hurt me, all of that. I ignored it because I just stayed the course. I mean, I'm just that type of person. I ain't going to come online. People think I'm an exposer, but I don't expose nothing that ain't already out there. Okay, so that's not exposing. I'm a shower. I'll show you what they said. <laughs> and I'm going to show you what they're proud of. Exactly. And then I'm going to show you I don't align with the word. That's all I do. Okay. But these guys, they, they fought me so hard. And now they have to deal with the, the, the birth child of this, which is now where is the line? We push the line back so we could have the freedom to embrace hip hop and a fatherless culture. But now we have children. We have wives. So, the sagging and the, maybe this stuff ain't that important because I want my son to get a job now. So, I want to clean my son's image up and make him look uh, qualified to get a job or to progress in society, which is all I said in the beginning. So, now it's out of control. And so, you know, that's what I see, back to your question, um, I see all of that as, you know, why we are here now even talking. Um, but I wanted to clear up, you know, my love for music, my love for rap, music, if it's good. Right. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I like rap. I like it, I like it all if it's good. Right. You know, and when I say good, is it talking about Jesus? Is it uplifting him or is it talking about a person? Right. Man, I don't want to hear how fast you can flow and 
I don't want to hear how tight your cornrows are, so tight your eyes are uh, size of quarters. I don't want to hear you rapping none of that stuff. I mean, I don't want to. I don't care about braids and beads. Right, right. You know, I want something that's you know positive, gonna uplift me, and then it's got a tight beat. It's it's good stuff. So that's kind of where I stand, and I hope I sufficiently answered your question. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. It's actually a a great segue because you know we talked a little bit previously because of some things that I wanted to. Uh, you know, share with the audience that they're not necessarily privy to. You know, being a part of ABC and some people who had the the, uh, the chance to visit ABC, we've heard some of your personal testimonies that up to this point you haven't made, um, you know, available abroad, so to speak. And and with complete understanding as to why, um, I think it'd be slightly helpful for what we're discussing today, and that is particularly your your experience and or your um your past pursuit of being a producer a musician um a writer and the temptations that that were brought across the table for you um when you decided to ultimately you know separate yourself from that musical world in that particular light um and you've been able to share with us um or i'll I'll speak from my personal experience to share with me those temptations you know being offered money to produce certain projects um independently but uh, what some would consider industry money to you um, You've been offered contracts from the industry um, Can you kind of elaborate on that in, in your way In terms of um, how you dealt with that And what, the, what did that do for you Well, which time? Well, let's start off with, you know <laughs> When I first heard this information I was very surprised um, So let's start, let's start here um, In terms of you actually being offered or mailed contracts To sign with, with the industry uh, labels and people that were pursuing you for your production and writing talents. Okay, yeah. Um, well, that's you know back when I was doing music back in the early '90s. Uh, making and I'm sorry. And the reason why I'm bringing just to bring a little bit more context to it because th- there's a, a a small group of people um, that have this thing that you're mad at the industry because they didn't let you in. Not that you not that you decided not to do it. But because you couldn't enter the industry, now you want to expose it, so to speak. So that's why I wanted you to, to, to give the little bit of the story. Okay. <laughs> that's funny. Right, right. But, um, well, you know, I guess my first major opportunity to enter was kind of like a covert um, way. I was doing beats. And produce production, and I was full time independent. Okay. And uh, at that time, I was, you know, I was making great money um, doing it. Um, and uh, I began to build recording studios for people, okay. um, help people out with equipment, whatever. I was known as the gear guy, whatever, because I knew how to always operate the latest technology, whatever. So uh, one of the Dallas Cowboys, uh, Kevin. Uh, uh, Smith had built a studio, was wanting a studio in Arlington, um, and he was uh, man. His record company was Bad A Records. Okay, I mean he wanted to do like, I mean they had like a cussing quota that had to be met. I mean, it, it, no, that ain't enough. That's thirty cuss words. This song we can't release. This song has to be thirty-eight cuss words. We're under, so just somebody go stomp their toe, or just go go slap him, cause uh, we need we need more. And so he was doing that kind of music in there, and um, 
So uh, a friend of mine that I had helped him a lot with his studio or whatever told him about me and he came to me and he told me, he said, man, you know, uh, Pup, that was his nickname, wants, wants these beats. He wants your beats. And I said, well, dude, I'm a Christian, man. I, I come build a studio for him, but I ain't finna be in there making no beats and him cussing all on them because that's all they like to do is cuss. Right. I said, I'm not doing that. And he said, well, man, he wants to pay you $10,000 a track. You know, that's Timberland money. <laughs> right, 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 right. And uh, so I was like, uh, 10 grand a track. I said, hmm. I said, let me get back to you on that. Right. You know, and I sat there in my living room and uh, I remember I asked God, God said, nope. And so I called him back. I said, man, I can't do it. And I'm sitting in a one bedroom apartment with two kids and a wife. Okay. Broke as a joke. And I told him, no. I can't do it. You know, that would just be compromising. He said, okay. What about if you make the beat? Give it to me. I put my name on it and then give it to Pup. Wow. He said, don't answer me now. Just marinate. So I'm guessing he getting a cut too. So I said, that sounds like a good deal. <laughs> Man, that's, that's great. My name's off everything. And that night, Holy Spirit told me no. So I remember sitting there with my wife and I looked at her and I just broke down crying. And she was like, what you crying for? And I told her, I said, I'm crying because I'm mad. And she said, what you mad? Who you mad at? I said, I'm mad at the devil. And I said, when I get past this situation, devil, I'm going to get you back. I remember just like it was yesterday, I'm going to get you back because I can't do this. Wow. Can't do it. Wow. So I had to turn that offer down. And that was like the first major money thing, you know. Right. Then we ended up flying to uh, Nashville because I had created a UMG Records thing uh, where I was producing Ernest Pugh. Uh, people know him, and Andrea Helm from uh, Sunday's Best, and all these different ones. And we had all come together, and I, it was my label. And so I was producing them and whatever, and. So they were sending it to different places. Wendell was with me back then. He was sending it to different places. And as people heard it in the industry, they started calling me about it. And so we ended up going to Nashville. So the industry that people are saying that wouldn't let you in was calling you? (laughs) Yeah. I just want to make sure. Yeah. Yeah. And so we went to Nashville and they, you know, made me an offer. You know, they were going to make me a production deal. Okay. And uh, so I asked them, I said, well, what does this production deal consist of? It says contract this, that, this, and that. We like your artists, bring them all on. This is when uh, Benson was transitioning into uh, Verity. Okay. And uh, this was Benson Music Group. And that night, while, I, while in Nashville, we were all there. And uh, I prayed to the Lord and Lord said, you can't sign no deal. Man. So I had to look at all these artists. Ernest, all of them, you know. Well, they weren't there with me. It was just me and uh, uh, some of the executives at my company at the time. I told them no, but then when I got back, I had to tell all these people that I, I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm not taking this deal. And they were all like, what? And so they were like, well, what if we go get the deal? And I said, well, you can go get it. But the labels didn't want them. They wanted me producing them, basically. So then Leonard Scott from Ty Scott started calling. He called my house and he wanted me to come and do a production deal with Ty Scott at the time. They wanted my songs and my production. 
offered me a very, very sweet deal. Um, Holy Spirit wouldn't let me, you know, just told me, no, you can't. I got something else for you. Now, I'm broke at this time. So I'm like, Lord, now wait a minute. And he said, no, I got something else for you to do. So I turned that deal down. And I think the greatest deal that we were looking at was uh, Sony was creating a division. Columbia was creating a gospel division. I think it was Sony Music Group or something like that. But Sony Gospel, something like that. Don't remember the name. But I had Ernest Pugh with me uh, at the time. And I think his uncle was working for the record company. And, uh, you know, I had my groups or whatever. And they, you know, basically offered me a production deal. Uh, and it was probably the largest one that I had. No, it wasn't the largest. Well, yeah, it was the largest one I had off- was offered. And I ended up ultimately turn it down, turning it down, which it ended up breaking up my music group because everybody was tired of me not taking the deals when the deals was offered. So everybody went their own way. Ernest Pugh went his own way. He's famous now. Andrea Hill went on uh, her show, uh, uh, Sunday's Best or whatever. She's famous now. All of that. And one of the guys that was with me, you know, he he performed on um, the Apollo and got the attention of LaFace. And uh, LaFace began to call me. And they wanted me, once they heard the, the song, they wanted him and me. Uh, and this was an R&B deal. Oh, and wow. um, so I had all these contracts. I, man, I had, you know, a stack of contracts. Because back then it was all paper. It was no email. Right, right, right. So it was all papers. But I had the contracts. And me and him, you know, ultimately fell out. we friends now, but we fell out over this because he was like, dude, you messing up everything. Won't you come? You know, won't you sign? And I'm like, dude, I'm just trying to listen to what God has for me. I said, man, you know, if if I just do this, then it's me doing it. Right. But if I wait on God, then it's going to be God doing it. Right. You know, and I mean, we had all kinds of projects, even a choir project that they were going to use for the Sister Act 2 kind of thing or whatever. And I ended up turning that project down as well, not allowing you know it to go any further. Uh, and I shot myself in the foot every one of those times, but it was my foot. I don't mind shooting myself in the foot. The Bible says if your hand offends me, cut it off. My foot offends me and I'm about to walk into something that I have no business being in and God doesn't want me in. Pow, I shoot myself in the foot. And so I did all of that, you know, and, you know, never, no EX ministries, no hope for EX Ministries, nothing like that. It was nothing like that because, you know, God's not going to show you what he has for you until you go through the proving of what you want to do. He got to get what you want to do out of you first. And so through that process, he got all that out of me. My desire, I stopped doing music. I stopped doing music. I started doing, you know, just teaching youth groups. Uh, I was working at a school, um, teaching a youth choir, had a youth choir class. Started out, it was 15 kids in there. Ended up 80 kids in there. Wow. They weren't coming in there for the choir. They were coming in there because after school, they would come in there and begin to testify and tell me what their lives, what they were going through. And I began to minister to them. And it grew. The principal at the school, high school, began to give me the troubled kids. Instead of taking them to the, we had a police station in there. The policeman would walk them to my class, bring them to my class, and we would pray, talk to them. Whatever. And it grew. The class grew to 80. A pastor saw it and he was like, hey, some of my kids told me about it. Why don't you bring that to my church and just be my youth pastor? Wow. Started doing it, brought it to his church. Then another pastor 
ended up going to another church. That youth group grew to 200 kids, had buses, you know, running, picking people up. And so all of this is happening. And the music in me is just dying because I don't want to do it. I'm like, you know, and God told me, you know, this is what I have for you. So you just keep doing this. So I started doing that, you know, just minister, very content with it, enjoying it, whatever. And then, you know, the vision came uh, for EX Ministries and God began to deal with me about that. And I began to study and seek him about it. And just, you know, EX Ministries was born. And it was 10 years, 10 years where I didn't touch you know, I didn't play no music, didn't do anything, just concentrated on EX Ministries, which brought me now to pastoring. And then when we started the church, you know, I was like, well, we need a band. So let's start a band. So we got, you know, a couple of guys and I was like, man, I need to do I need to play in this band because I know how to play. So I don't need me sitting down. Then I got hundreds of songs. So let's just do original music. And so we started doing original music. Started playing, got with a friend of mine so he can bring my chops back because I was whack when I started playing. So I had to learn, relearn how to play and that kind of thing, but began to enjoy it, whatever. And God was like, okay, you know, now it's time, you know, for you to do music, you know, after all of that, you know, because this is the direction God wanted it to be in. So enter you. And, um, you know, you coming down to the church and, you know, uh, joining EX Ministries and becoming a part of EX Ministries because you were birthed through EX Ministries, mm-hmm. your spiritual life. And that matters, uh, especially for the first person that we're endorsing and getting behind. And so that's why we're, you know, that, that's why we're here now. But all those experiences had to happen because that was my testing you know that was and I had friends that came along with me and they joined the industry and they had to grab the ankles they had to you know go the way of the you know <laughs> you know what I'm talking I got about you. I got you. they had to do what they had to do to get in that industry right. and uh, I, it just never was for me so it wasn't a case of me being angry at the industry why would I be mad at the industry I don't have a Vendetta against the industry. You know, what God has or God's problem with it would be he can't be in it. They won't let him in. You know, because the minute man is lifted up as some kind of great thing, God is decreased. And so just the whole formulation of it, it just it just, you know, it it, it doesn't glorify God. So, you know, that's what it is. But the message we preach isn't a mad at the industry message. It's a, hey, come out from among them, be separate. Hey, let's let's walk the walk, talk the talk. Let's be who God created us to be so we can rightly reflect him. Right. And that's that's what that is. Right. Good. Great. Great. I I thought I I just thought it brought so much context to um, some of the other things we're going to mention in this particular um, interview conversation, because, you know, a lot of times people say it's hard to receive any type of correction or rebuke or advice from somebody who has no experience. Um, I personally didn't know. And I think I speak for a lot of people uh, who endorse the message or even support supports EX Ministries to this day. They don't they don't have that understanding of your background. And, you know, it's all about God's time. And as, as you were talking about or putting emphasis on in this particular segment. So it, it's not that 
you know, you wanted to be somebody within the industry and they shut you out or they didn't think you were good enough or anything like that. So you, you figure, hey, I'll use God's name um, and God's um, way to make the industry or expose the industry and I'll show them type type of vendetta. It was more or less, hey, before I even understood what God was calling me to or, or the mission and the plan that he had for my life, I was tempted with all of the same all of the same um things that I see other people and I'm trying to prevent people or help people make those same decisions that I was able to make even in that time, not even being fully aware of why you were making those decisions. And I thought that was a, a, a great context to add, add um, just so people can understand the heart of you a little bit. You know, I, you know I'm, I'm privileged enough to know you um, personally. So, you know, a lot of people won't have these conversations with you or get a chance to ask you these, especially not somebody who is in music. Um, I thought that was pretty cool for you to take the time to sit down with somebody who actually does music and uh, can do music. Well, let me interrupt you and yeah. let, you, let, let you know something. Uh, people contact me, conversations, uh, and I keep it confidential. Yeah. But I talk to industry people all the time. Um, people that are in it, that have done things that they regret, mm-hmm. that want out of it. Um, you know, I talk to them. I keep it confidential, like I said, because, you know... I. People got me labeled as this exposing dude, you know, and so when they come, it's all the man. (laughs) I'm like, dude, if you look at the context of what we've done from day one, Mm -hmm. we've only called out what people are proud of publicly promoting. Man, if you you don't got to creep up because of something that you in or something you did. Well, I'm not you know, the Bible tells me to approach you in the spirit of meekness, lest I be tempted. So I'm, I'm, I'm approachable, you know, when it comes to that. And I talk to a lot of industry people. And I consider some of them, you know, friends. Yeah. They just made decisions that sometimes are hard to overcome, right. hard to reverse. Um, so I want to say that, you know, maybe publicly, it looks like, you know, uh, nobody's interested or nobody cares. Right. But even at, with the DVD we just released, uh, Pop Life, man, we got recording artists yeah. with millions of followers mm-hmm. contacting our ministry because I don't care what, how you feel about the truth behind hip hop. Pop Life, fatherlessness, that, that resonates with everybody. Everybody wants a better relationship mm-hmm. with their father. So, um, you know, I just wanted to interject that so people would know, you know, that that is actually actively, you know, going on. Oh, no. Right. And, and that, that was good. I, I was going to get there. Oh. <laughs> but that, that was good. And, and that's what I wanted to showcase because, um, and, let, and let's take a, a slight turn a little bit, um, focus on a little bit more of um, of the meat of this particular conversation. I'm glad you shared that because that's a lot of the reason why people choose to go the industry route, right? That's why they choose the record deals because they feel like, how do you affect it without being amongst those people, without being on the same concert shows, without being in the same recording studios, without being on the same guest panels, without actively working with them um, and, and partnering with them to do music or songs or production or writing, things of that nature. Um, and that's a great testament. So it, it's, it's not that... Um, there's not a, a, a open door for them to come and receive information or advice um, or encouragement or, or 
it, it, it is that there's just no games. So there's a great understanding that, hey, listen, we can talk. I can do my best to help you. I can do my best to give you information. Obviously, the DVDs are available. Um, but when it comes to the message, there's absolutely no compromise, period. Um, even dial to me, right? So I'm, I'm a part of ABC. I'm a part of EX Ministries, right? But the moment I decide to do something opposite of the message, which is ultimately opposing God, um, then we have to have a conversation. And that could, that could lead many different directions depending on what that conversation results in, right? Um, so I, I thought that was good because you are approachable, right? Um, and you do have a lot of information, a lot of wisdom that can be offered to these people um, that are looking to engage people from this particular platform as it relates to music. So well, let me say this with that. Okay. Um, because that's a good point you bring up. You know, if you decide to go another way outside of what we feel is the EX Ministries God-given mandate for us, uh, you, you, you can go that way. Absolutely. You know, because we don't, you know, we're not doing the, the binding contract. Right, right. I don't want to sell your record if you ain't right. with I can us. I give those four Bibles back to you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but why would I sell your record if you're not with us? Exactly. So that's, that's one of the things that's wrong with the industry. Exactly. I mean, dude, exactly. either you're with me or you're not. Right. Now, we've had people that I've interviewed in the X-Cast, and we've had to remove their X-Cast because they went another way. We've had people... NEX Ministries that operated through EX Ministries and once they made the decision to do something that we weren't aligned with as a ministry, mm -hmm. we separated ourselves from them. Right. But I ain't get on there and get on the camera. Uh, so and so is no longer with EX Ministries. Right, right. You know, I'm not putting anybody on blast like that because I just don't believe God operates. They could turn. They could change their mind. They could be in a season where they're in regret. Right. And so I want to leave that open. I don't gain anything from outing my brother and hurting my brother or so telling. ministry has, has grace as well. Dude, I, you know why? Because I need it. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? And exactly. like I was talking about, even with the cross movement and those guys, when they started trying to privately attack or trying to attack my private life or things that had happened in my past, man, that really hurt me. Yeah. And God used it. Not them. They was wrong. Right, right. But God used what they had done for me to feel what it felt like to be exposed yeah. and have your private life on the Internet. And somebody talking about what you used to do, who you, whatever has happened, whatever things that you may have repented for, for God's forgiveness, for whatever. To put that out, that I felt naked. I just felt, I just, I didn't want, even though I'm past, I was past that and everything, right. I just didn't, I just felt terrible. And God told me, you never do this to another man. Wow. You don't do this to men. Wow. This is not how you operate. You know, if they do it publicly, you do it publicly. But if they do it privately, you go to them about it. If God has called you to go to them, right. some people you can't reach. Okay. Some people you can't get to. That means God ain't called you to do it. Nathan was the only one that could get to the king. He was called to do it. All the other folks that looked on and saw it and had a word for David, they, they could because they didn't have no way to get to the king. Right, right. But God's going to get somebody there. You see what I'm saying? Yes, and I had to learn that in the early stages of what those guys were doing to me so that I would understand, look, if they don't put it in public, I can't deal with it. Right. Because to be privately attacked is hurtful. 
And so you can look us, you know, look down the line of EX Ministries. We've just never done that uh, because I learned that lesson prior to EX Ministries. An entire group, an entire genre of of people, musicians, performers, artists, whatever they want to call themselves, continuously want to submerge themselves into this culture without the immediate feeling to destroy it, right? Because when I say destroy it, and this is another segue, when I say destroy it, I'm not talking about, I don't want people to have a way of taking care of themselves or their families or whoever they take care of, right? I'm literally talking about the avenue of the vehicle that is hip hop, which is utter confusion in, in its essence, right? It goes or it brings up the idea or the identity factor, right? All throughout Christian hip hop's formulation, and in creation, Christian hip hop, holy hip hop, whatever they call it today, all of these guys did, all they did was mimic hip hop. From the way they wore their clothing, to having t- uh, ear piercings, to being ta- having tattoos, um, to the way they catered to their musical um, audiences, the way they produced music, the way they rap, their styles. Everything was literally a carbon copy of what hip hop did. With all of that, with all of that expressed information, uh, testimony, background, um, we come to the Christian rap title, right? And I've had some some dialogue with some brothers that are adamant about not using hip hop or adopting hip hop um, and wanting to do away with hip hop. That, i.e., Christian hip hop or holy hip hop, and they want to take on the Christian rap, but there's no lane because of the decisions of those who want mainstream success or status or notoriety. How do we how do we aid this process or how do we help this process or provide encouragement for this process for for these guys to say or or young ladies to say, hey. Christian rap, um, number one, is a privilege to, to be titled Christian anything, right? It's by faith through grace, or, or by his grace through faith, rather, um, that we've even arrived to this point. So to say Christian um, is 100% a privilege, let alone to attach that to something that you can do creatively, knowing that it came 100% from the creator, right? That's that ability to be able to imitate God in that way. How do we provide them um, that encouragement to be authentically, um, if you will, Christian rap or Christians and what they do? Well, the one thing we've done at EX Ministries for 20 years is we've just put the example before. Um, You know, I've never, we've never tried to use EX. I don't go on you know, interviews where there's multiple people, round table discussions, that kind of thing, where we all meeting of the minds. I've never done any of those things. I've never done them. I've been asked. I'm asked every week. Uh, come on talk shows from Wendy Williams to Steve Harvey to whatever. Now, I don't do worldly uh, or secular uh, venues at all because the only thing I can preach to them is the gospel. But even in Christian settings, when we all want to just come together and I'll hash it out. I don't do that because I believe that the the action is just going to speak of the depth of the word that is in you. So let's get the word in us. So if we set the example, follow me as I follow Christ. And, uh, you know, you with your project and what you're doing, you show 
you know, hey, this is the way EX Ministries has deemed to do it. And if you would, you know, if, if, if this is, you want this, or if you will allow this to be influential uh, for you, you can see, you know, biblically why we take these stands, why we do these things. And if it appeals to you, then that's something that you ought to mimic. Um, but if it doesn't appeal to you, then that means that there is a greater desire in you for something that the industry has to offer. And I think that desire needs to lure you because that's your desire. So even if you started doing it a certain way, but that desire is in there, you still going to fall off. Yeah, I mean, that's, you know, and then that's going to prove that you were never truly with it from the beginning. So I think that the best way is just by example, uh, leading by example and doing it the way God has given you to do it. And it'll inspire other people. I mean, there are a lot of people doing what EX Ministries has done. I mean, before EX Ministries, there was no YouTube sidebar with everybody Illuminati talking. And the, the African-American community never, ever, ever even said the word Illuminati until EX Ministries started dealing with it. Until EX Ministries dug it up, started dealing with the music related to Aleister Crowley and all that. You know, they did it with rock and roll, but the African-Americans was untouched. And we sparked that desire for people to start doing it. And some of it's good, some of it's bad, whatever, but they followed. Um, and so I didn't have to teach them how to do it. They followed, they learned. And now we have people like you and some of these other brothers, even in here, that were birthed through EX Ministries and now have that unction and that desire to walk a, a, a certain way, to research and read and study a certain way based on the example that was put before. And that's what it's for. My example was Paul. I mean, I, I followed him. I followed how he did it. And now I'm able to be an example indeed to your generation or whatever. And I'm, I'm, I'm happy for that. You know, follow me as I follow Christ. Let's go onward. But that example or that path is cut and people can choose to walk through it or, you know, or ignore it. Great. Amen. Amen. All right. So as we bring this to a close, I, I guess this is fitting to officially announce that EX Ministries will be um, officially releasing music for the first time. Very first time we're releasing Christian rap with featuring uh, Jay Bryant. Um, Jay Bryan, it's been three years in the making. Been a lot of prayer, a lot of just, we just, you know, took our time. I'm a very slow mover, but we wanted to do it right. Very good project. Ain't gonna sound like nothing you're used to hearing, so don't listen to it and say, well, it's out of date, or it's in date, or it's out of style, or it's in style. It's just not conforming to any of that. But our wonderful musicians at ABC and different ones, we've all uh, pooled our resources in and produced a wonderful project. Uh, I think this is something that's good, it ministers, it's fun, and uh, it's something that I back 100% as well as backing Jay Bryan or Jermaine Johnson as an active member of uh, EX Ministries to go and carry this message forward even from uh, this place. So I'm very excited about it and I just thank God for this opportunity. Man, thank you. I, and, and just for the record, man, how cool is it to have your pastor um walking with you in terms of something you want to do extracurricular, so to speak, um, and having such um, a strong presence. Because, you know, if, the, if, the, if people don't receive it, ABC rocking with it. And that's all that matters. <laughs> that's all that matters. So thank you, Pastor G. Craig Lewis. Uh, we're signing out. Jay Bryan, please do yourself um, a great, great service, not just for you, uh, for you, um, for your brother, for your sister, for everybody. 
visit exministries.com immediately. There's all types of resources for all areas of your life, um, including um, uh, weekly sermons that are uploaded, uh, updated and uh, uploaded by pastor in terms of everyday walk. So love you, church. Um, and we'll see you soon. Maybe a part two. I think we got part two in this. <laughs> <one>. All right. <laughs>